0: Welcome back to the Full Court Report, Jory, Justin, Tobe, episode number 27. Yes, sir. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode, I think. It's going to be a fun one. But um, before we get into the playoffs, before we get into all the news that happened this past week, there's a lot of stuff that happened. So We have a lot to unpack on this show. But again, before we get into any of that, this past Wednesday, since we found out that the or Lamello Ball, Charlotte Hornets rookie Lamello Ball, would be taking home this year's Rookie of the Year honors, I figured this would be a perfect time to revisit our preseason predictions one last time. And, you know, for those who remember, the three of us, We made predictions for each major award before the season started. And what I did, I went back, took down uh, all our predictions and tallied up the votes to see which one of us was the most accurate. And the way this scoring system works, for every first place vote, the player or slash coach you guys predicted, you guys got three points. Every second place vote got you two points. And every third-place vote got you one point. So, all right. I guess we can just get right into it. Coach of the year, Justin, Tom Thibodeau, Knicks, bringing home the dub in that award. Yes, sir. Justin, though, you predicted Doc Rivers as coach of the year at the beginning of the season. So that got you 18 points. Okay, okay. Toby... Eric Spolstra, he wasn't even in the voting, so that's a fat Uh, L right there zero points. And I predicted Monty Williams, who finished second. That's 218 points for myself. I got a pretty big lead (laughs) on that. Next, most improved. Your guy again, Justin, Julius Randle, took home that award. Also, for some of these awards, we gave two names. So I just picked the name or the player that finished higher in the voting. Okay. So, Justin, Lonzo Ball, who finished 19th, he got one point. Kobe, <laughs> you said Christian Wood. That was pretty accurate. He finished nice. fourth. He got you 34 points. And I said SGA, who finished 25th. Thank you. Who also got one point. Thank you. So, not our best predictions there, but you guys, you guys started to clean up here now at the uh, the Rookie of the Year award. Both of you guys said Lamelo. Obviously, as I just said, he took home that award. Yes, sir. So that's two hundred and eighty-two points for each of you. And I said Harry yes, Halliburton. Who finished third behind Anthony Edwards, of course. So that's 105 points for myself. Um, now moving on to sixth man of the year. Justin, you said Montrez Harrell, who finished sixth. That's eleven points for you, Justin. Okay. Toby, you said Keris Levert. I mean, <laughs> that was uh I mean, it could have been a good prediction, but obviously he got traded and became a starter. So he finished with zero points, and then yeah, I, I think said, he, he would have. Maybe, maybe. I, oh yeah! By the way, Jordan Clarkson won that award. For anyone who doesn't know, but um, and then I said Danilo Gallinari, who also didn't finish in, during in any of the voting, so that's a zero points for me. Um. Now these last two awards. This was not a not not good for <laughs> myself. Defensive Player of the Year, Justin. You said Rudy Gobert, so you were spot yes, on. Yes, I was. Third Defensive Player of the Year award. So that's two hundred and eighty-two points again for you. Toby, you. Toby, you said Giannis, who finished fifth in the voting. That's twelve points for you. And I said Anthony Davis, who didn't even finish in the voting. Again, zero points for myself. Mm-hmm. And lastly, MVP, um, Justin, you said Joel Embiid who finished second in the voting. That's 150 it's points two. for you. And then Toby and I both said Luka Doncic oh, who finished sure. sixth. And that's just two points for me and Toby. So final tally, do any of you want to guess who won? I feel like it's pretty obvious. Me. Make- Justin, I think you it's... finished with 744 points. Yes, Obi, you finished with 330 points. I finished with 326 points. Damn. <laughs> I threw you clowns out of the water. It's because they, no, they go bear. You got the go bear one correct. Okay. Well, obviously,
1: I had to play a gonna, The guy's going to finish his career as like a five time DPOY winner.
0: Well,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Those last two games in that Clippers Jazz series were pretty, pretty, pretty hard to watch from from Rudy Gobert. I gotta say, defensive, yeah. Based. But yeah, he did get exposed. We'll get into all of that, but the the biggest topic I think that came from this week was this Bucks in that series. I mean, great series. We gotta just start with this, I think. Toby. Yeah. Your nets. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't your year. That's all I got. It wasn't your year. It's. It's okay. There's always next season. There's always next season. Well.
2: Yeah. I don't even know where to start with this, but. Uh, and I. I do apologize if I'm lagging, which I feel like I am a little bit. But. It's just hard because like. They were this close, literally, literally, because KD's foot was right on the line, was this far away from three. But, uh, I mean, I guess you got to give credit to the Bucks. They made it hard for literally everybody except for KD. No one else could really, you know, kind of find their footing. I mean, we've seen spurts of good games from like Jeff Green, Blake Griffin played like. I love him. I love him during the regular season but this is like the third postseason in a row where he just he just isn't the same. I don't know if it's the first or I don't know like harder as just like a pure shooter but just when you're going out there every night playing as many minutes as you are and just not doing anything. I don't know if there's like if I don't know if there's a feature for him on Brooklyn because he's he's just not a playoff player. Like he just, that last shot wide open, like that was his one chance to redeem himself. And of course he bricked it, but I mean, you guys saw the game. There's not really much else to say. So that's all I really got.
1: I mean, I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a great game. It I'm was. glad. I'm glad that the Bucks won. I'm I'm glad that the Bucks won. But I thought it was a great game. It was, you know, pretty solid officiating. It was a tight game almost the whole game. You know, back and forth almost all game. Went to OT free basketball. Um, I did like how the crowd was clowning Giannis on the free throws, but after like three trips to the line, that pretty that got pretty annoying. That got pretty annoying. But they should have. A-
2: the refs should have called it. Like, if they're counting, continuously the counting crowd, to-
1: The crowd was counting too fast. The crowd was not counting. Yeah, like, but they still, second. they,
2: they counted to 13.
1: Like, <laughs> no, yeah, that's facts. that's facts, though. But, yeah, I thought this was a great game. Uh, For me, it was a great ending to it. But all I got to say, Toby, is, you know, you got a whole offseason for everybody to get healthy. Next season, you're going to have the big three Probably, I would say, probably at least like 80% of the games next season and probably the whole playoffs. So so. I wouldn't sweat it. I wouldn't sweat it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to do a victory lap because I think, obviously, Kyrie Irving got hurt. He hurt his ankle in game four. And then James Harden said that it wasn't just like some, you know, minor hamstring. It was a grade two hamstring injury that he was dealing with during this series, which generally takes like a month to recover from. And he just said, I'm going to play on it. So the fact that he even went out and played is pretty like remarkable. Um, But yeah, it's, it's everyone keeps saying, you know, whoever is the most healthy, this playoffs is going to win it all. And that's again seems to be the case continues to happen injuries yeah. continue to play a huge part in this year's postseason but like you said game and, seven was incredible
2: and I'll say this too um I think it was Bruce or uh, Chris Broussard that said this but he said available availability is the best ability and and that's that's just so true especially with this year um but the Nets have to make some offseason moves. I feel like definitely um, – I mean, if you're going to have uh, – like, you got to have a big man. Like, if you're going to play against Giannis in the East and play against Embiid, there needs to be some sort of paint protection on that team because, like, the Bucks weren't really making their shots from three, at least when they were playing in Brooklyn. And – Giannis could could have just scored every single time he wanted to like in the paint pretty much. I mean, Blake was doing a pretty pretty okay job, but like that's something that the Nets need to focus on this offseason.
1: Um I agree. I completely agree. But do you think that possibly your boy Nick Nick Claxton could be the answer? Maybe you just do a little internal improvement. See what Nick Claxton can become.
2: I, I still see him coming off the bench, but if he can, like, bulk up, kind of. I mean, he's pretty good defensively, like, if I'm being honest. He just gets – he's just too muscle. small. He, he yeah, he's got to get some muscle. Um, but, yeah, I see him coming off the bench, and I don't really know who, you know, the big man for the Nets is,
0: but – you know who would be a good big man for Brooklyn? Who? Jared Allen. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, who knows? Who it's knows back. if we hadn't traded for Harden, it could be a completely different story. But he would—he would be a great fit. Like. And also, I saw that um, yeah.
0: Spencer Dinwiddie declined his like. Option or whatever, so he's going to become an un- unrestricted free agent this offseason. Do you think Ooh. that's that's a that's concerning?
2: I see, I see him back, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know. It just I just get the vibe that like he kind of wants out. Like I, I think it was like a couple years ago, but he was in some trade rumors and he was. On his instagram story he's like which team would you most like or would you want to see me most at or something like that and that's just like i don't know if he wants to become a starter i mean he's he is a six-man candidate off the bench i feel like for any team pretty much but um if he leaves he leaves we got still got mike james we still got uh we still got cheese so we'll be huh.
0: But again, Game Seven. So the first nine games between the Bucks and the Nets this season, so including the three regular season games and then games one through six in this series, the home team won every
1: single. So time. this is the
0: first game all season that the road team won between these two teams. In Game Seven, this was also the first overtime game in a Game Seven in fifteen years, and Durant. Scored 48 points, which is the most points ever in a game seven. Yes, sir. And he's also the all-time – he also upped his averages to 36.2 points per game in game sevens, which is the highest of all time. So this is a pretty historic game that we got to witness. He also played every minute of of this game, 53 minutes. Isn't that like
1: back-to-back games that he did that in? Yeah.
0: Um – uh well, I don't know if he, I don't, I don't. He know did if in game he, five. I yeah, think, I think yeah, he did yeah. in game six. Yeah, that's what it was. And then like Giannis, like on the other hand, he had forty and thirteen in this game. Okay, Giannis. Yeah. So, and also, I'm pretty sure the Nets bench didn't score a single point in this game. <laughs> no, the they didn't. Time. No,
2: they didn't even attempt a field goal attempt. Yeah, but they didn't even try to score. That's that was the
0: first time that's happened since like 1971 I think in a playoff game or something like that so I don't know this was a crazy game again I also think I said this before this series I thought the winner of this series was going to win the finals I'm going to stand by that statement I think whoever I think the Bucs can win the finals I'm not I really don't know if I believe in the Sixers to beat the Bucks, and then obviously Suns Clippers. We'll see what happens there, but I don't know. We'll see.
2: <clears throat> okay. Any
0: any final thoughts on your Nets Tobe? Um. Any parting words depth? as they head into the off? Any off-time? depth?
2: I don't know if we're gonna still have um, D'Antoni next year. Know, or if he wants a head coaching job, because he can really get one pretty much anywhere he wants. Um, I mean, as long as they don't get injured next year, then I feel like we will be a finals team. But they, these guys aren't getting any younger. So health is going to be pretty much the number one thing all season.
1: That's, you basic. know, actually, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait to bring this up for the next thing.
0: All right. Well, our, yeah, our next topic, our next, um, before we get into more games, there was like a, a couple bits of news. First off, there's a deal of a, a great deal of head coaches who lost their jobs or parted ways, as they love to phrase it, with their franchises. Um, this past week, Scott Brooks with the Washington Wizards after five seasons. Rick Carlisle with, after 13 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks which I think was the third longest tenured coach with the single team behind Greg Popovich and Eric Spolstra. And he's now out of Dallas. And then Stan Van Gundy with the Pelicans after just one season. But my question to you guys is, of these three positions, obviously there's uh, some other teams like the Blazers, like the Celtics, um, that have coaching openings right now. But of these three teams, the Wizards, the Mavericks and the Pelicans, which, which one is the most enticing? If you were a head coach, where would you want to go?
1: Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious that uh, being the coach, of the Mavericks would be pretty sick, but that's the thing is if Luca doesn't think you're sick, you're not getting the job. I feel like Luca is probably, he might even be in the front office with uh Mark Cuban and everybody else like yo I don't like that guy I don't like that guy that guy's pretty cool you know he's just picking and choosing who he wants but Toby brought up Mike D'Antoni Mike D'Antoni Ooh. as the coach of the Mavericks might be kind of nice
0: oh wow that would yeah be, that, I didn't even think about that that would be gross that would be gross but I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna disagree with you and say that or I don't see I don't know if this is the most enticing because the thing about coaching the Pelicans is there's going to be a lot of pressure on you in your first season because if you don't make the playoffs like you're you're out you're never getting a coaching job again and I've also heard reports that uh, Zion might consider like Leaving or parting ways because he's unhappy there. I don't know how true those are, but this is going to be like a crucial season for them. And if they don't, I also feel like they have to play well in the playoffs too, at least make it out of the first round. So, with the there's a lot of talent on that team, and they do need to make some uh some moves to get some players, but I would say that's the most interesting position. I would say most coaches would want to, would rather coach the Mavericks but that one yeah that one kind of interests me.
1: No, I, I feel that because it's like it's a challenge because this team last year they were looking lost with Stan Van Gundy. So if you can put them in any kind of direction, I feel like I feel like you'll you'll have done your job.
0: Yeah, I, I said basically the same thing, Toby. Like, New Orleans, that job has the most, whoever gets that job is going to have the most pressure. I think it's probably, like – actually, I don't know if I want to say it's the least stable. But, like, Luka Doncic, they've already made the playoffs twice the past two years. Um, and and Luka said he, he still intends to sign his ex, uh, extension this offseason. So, like, the odds, like you're probably going to be able to have him for, like, five years. And Washington, you know, they don't have a lot of expectations pretty much. They're, you know, nobody really cares what the Wizards do. But the Pelicans, I mean, like you said, they have a pretty talented roster. They have an all-star in Brandon Ingram and a superstar player in Zion. But they, they're losing patience, I feel like, in New Orleans. And I feel like that core of Zion, Ingram, and Lonzo is probably better than what the Mavericks have. You know, whoever you want to say the second and third best players are in the Mavericks. But, I mean, obviously circumstances can change and the, the Mavericks could get a, a, you know, disgruntled superstar to pair with Luka. But I feel like the Pelicans right now have, like, the highest ceiling. And they just need to find the right coach to help them unlock their potential because I feel like people don't realize how good Zion is.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you that they need a coach to unlock their potential, but that guy Lonzo might be in New York next season, buddy.
0: I'm pretty sure I saw this thing though, that both Ingram and Zion said that their like favorite player is, is Lonzo like, on the team, like, outside of, you know, themselves, probably. Yeah. I think they want to – they said they want to make sure Lonzo is around, you know, for the future. They don't want to – they don't want him to leave. So, they, they might make him a priority <sighs> this off. Quack.
2: Dude, a good – a good choice for coach for the Wizards, I feel like, would be uh, Sam Cassell.
0: Sam You say that.
2: Yeah, Sam Cassell.
0: Why do you say that? Oh, we know nothing about that guy.
2: Just because he used to play in uh, Washington. He's a great guy.
1: He's also an ugly guy.
2: No, nah, but he's sick, though. <laughs> like You don't give him his respect. Like I don't know a... nothing
1: about him. I know Isn't he on the an t- assistant he was, like, on the Clippers?
2: Club. Yeah, but he's Isn't looking he an for... an assistant uh, for the Clippers? Yeah, I think he's looking for a uh, head coaching job after this season, though, so. I mean, we'll see how far the Clippers go, but he's, like, one of the more active coaches on that team, if that if that's the right way to put it. So, I think if he can pick up a few things from Ty Lue, he'll be, he'll be good. What about um,
1: Chauncey Bullops? How are we feeling about that guy being a head coach?
0: I think he's going to get a job. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Has he ever he's... been a head
1: coach before?
0: no i don't know yet i don't think so don't th- not that i know no i don't think he has but um i wouldn't be surprised if he landed in like portland or boston i can see him going there boston or, we'll see him in portland there's so many good there's so many coaches every year dude that are, their names get thrown out and they're just like you could see them going in a new a number of places but yeah, New Orleans, they got to figure this out because I feel like, again, they're just wasting years. I mean, Zion and uh, this whole team is so young, so it's really stupid to say that they're just, like, wasting years. But, like, it's exactly what happened with Anthony Davis. Like, you have one of the best players in the NBA, and, yes, he's still so young, but, like, once his second contract is up, he can just leave, and that's exactly what he did. And he went to the Lakers and won a championship in his first season with that team, so... You don't want to see that happen again after you just gutted your entire roster to get all these young pieces. Well, oh.
1: um, I saw it was the thing. It was, they put up a little graphic on like during the game, during one of the Clippers games about uh, teams and organizations that haven't made it to the conference finals. And it was like the Clippers, the Texans from the NFL, and then, the pelicans or the new orleans just the new orleans organization since they've been a team they've never made it to the conference finals once that's terrible since and
0: well the clippers they ended their streak already, so obviously so hornets pelicans
1: whatever it is any whatever the new orleans team is has not ever made it to the conference finals since they've been a team it's
2: pretty crazy wait so when it was the jazz did they make it when or when the Jazz played there?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's if that counts.
0: I don't know. Pistol p baby.
1: Why is that? What they used to be? They used to be the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. When, like the forties,
2: like the seventies, I think.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know if that that might be. That I don't know if they were counting that. That might
0: be under the uh, Utah franchise. I don't know. That might be the for Utah franchise who knows yeah, probably but yeah it's 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 crazy dude it's crazy that uh all these coaches are out and we're gonna see a lot of new faces but um another big piece of news that was reported this week the boston celtics they made a pretty big move you know obviously we already know the retirement of danny ainge and the promotion of brad stevens but kemba walker He's out of there. He's out of Beantown. He's headed to Oklahoma City. Um, the Thunder, they received Kemba Walker, the number 16 pick in this, in this year's draft, uh, and a 2025 second-round pick for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. So how do you guys envision these, uh, this trade impacting both teams?
1: To be honest, I don't really think this trade does really anything for either team because the Celtics didn't really get anything in return. They got old ass Al Horford and that guy, Moses Brown, who, who knows he could be nice. And then I feel like the Thunder, since they already have shy, they're probably just going to trade Kemba or buy him out. So it's the, I don't think Kemba is going to affect either one of these teams.
0: I
2: think I think I'll disagree with that. I feel like this this uh, I kind of feel like this trade is good for both teams, just because <clears throat> obviously um, I don't know if I don't know if Moses Brown. I feel I kind of feel like he's going to be another one of those bench like youngsters that just doesn't get any playing time. But I think it's time for the Celtics to start cashing out on these young players start building like an actual championship roster Um, and with getting rid of Kemba that just frees up a lot of cap cap space for them so I feel like that's kind of what they're planning on doing and as for OKC um, they get Kemba obviously so I I don't know if that changes our expectations of them at all but obviously they get another draft pick. So that's always going to be a dub and they're just stacked on draft picks right now. So I think both, I think it worked out both well for both of them. So
1: I think if the thunder, I don't know what they're going to do. Who knows what they're going to do, but if they do trade Kemba, they got to finesse, whoever they trade him to, they got to get everything they can out of that guy. Every pick, any kind of player, they got to get everything they can. I, feel like he's going to stand. I mean, ew, that'd be gross. That'd be gross. I would. I'd be so mad if I got traded to <laughs> KC.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, SGA played alongside Chris Paul and Dennis Schroder for a year, and he was that was probably his best season. Well, maybe not his best season, but the best season the teams had since you know Russell Westbrook left. Um. But I'm going to read some names. And I want you guys to tell me what these names mean to you. All right? So we have Zaire Smith, Justin Patton, Gershon Yabusele, <laughs> Lucas Nogera, Royce White, and Luke Babbitt. What do these names mean to you guys? <laughs>
1: Luke Babbitt. Wait, I know Luke Babbitt. That guy used to be in the NBA. That guy was a greaser.
0: What do you guys think they have I don't in common? Know. I don't know. I don't, they, don't, they, they don't mean anything to me. These are six players who were selected 16th overall in the last 10 drafts. Nice. Oh, my God. So I say that to say – Every time a trade happens, especially with the Thunder as of late, everyone loses their mind when they get a first-round pick. But when those picks become actual names, no one cares anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, at a certain point, I feel like teams that have an abundance of draft picks aren't always in a great position to succeed. Like... It's great that the Thunder have a bunch of first-rounders and a bunch of, you know, picks in the upcoming drafts, but they don't always turn into something valuable. And just, like, theoretically, they look great in trades, but then they become a name, and then they're just like, all right, who cares? That guy might play, like, two seasons in the league. I mean, with
1: all those picks that they have, if they don't hit on at least one of them for an all-star at the minimum, like, uh, what is – Sam Presti might be a clown. Like, yeah, would, you can get all these trades to get these picks, but then you make the pick and it's trash. Like, he got have, to hit.
0: I would have to, like, review all their picks, but I feel like the pick that's most valuable is their own that they have this season because of how bad they finished. Like, they have a, a real chance of getting, like, the top pick in this year's draft.
2: They've, I heard that they have a chance of getting the number one and number three pick somehow. Yeah, because I think
0: they're traded with the Houston Rockets, I believe. They got a first-round pick, and obviously the Rockets. I think if they finish outside, if the Rockets pick falls, like, outside of top four, I think, then it goes to the Thunder. So they could literally have, like, two top five picks, really. Damn. That would be sick. That would be sick. And then – but then, like, at a certain point, then all those other picks that they just traded for are basically worthless. Because, like, you're not going to make that many first-round selections when you have someone like SGA already, and then someone you could draft potentially, like, Cade Cunningham and, like, Jalen Green or Jonathan Kaminga or someone. Like, you're not going to just keep taking all those players. Like, you don't need all, all of those. This. Like, you can't develop the all things. them.
1: Let's say they... It- Let's say they do draft Kate Cunningham. Let's say they draft him and then whoever else at the four or five pick. They got all those picks and all that cap space to literally go after whoever they want. If any one of these clown ass players is like, yeah, you know what? Let's go to OKC and see what
2: it's about over there. I think with those draft picks, they can, if they don't decide to use them, they can always trade them for role players to surround whatever kind of star that they hopefully draft. I feel like it's better to set yourself up with draft picks, even if you're, like, the Kings and you're, always and you like, a shitty drafting team <laughs> than, like, to just try to go for good players when you know you don't have a chance of winning. So, I, I like what the – I like what OKC's doing.
1: I understand what Jory's saying, though, because, like, at a certain point, you're just going to not – you're not going to know what to do with these picks. It's going to be your turn in the draft, and you're going to be like, I don't care. I don't care who we pick. Just give us
0: somebody. True, true. It's like, and then I think that the, it's funny that the Boston made this trade because, like, of all the teams, I feel like they know the best. That, like, first-round selections, like, having a bunch of them don't really mean anything. Like, they hit on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, obviously. But then you look at the rest of their selections in the first round, like, I mean, they took – um Romeo Langford, they have Peyton Pritchard. I think Robert Williams was a first-round pick. Aaron Neesmith. Like, they're not bad players, but, like, what are they really doing for you? Like, I don't know. It's just – I feel like having so many is just like well, a waste.
1: Because you can't develop I hate all how them. the Celtics don't play Romeo Langford Because that guy would literally be dirty. They just don't ever let him get in.
0: Well – with uh, Kemba Walker no longer being on the roster, maybe he gets more minutes. But I kind of want to talk about the Boston yeah. side of things because I feel like this is a win for Boston. Everyone views it as a win for the Thunder, but like financially, Toby, you you mentioned it. It's a win for Boston. Kemba, who's 31 years old, who missed 16 games uh, in the 2019-20 season and 29 games last year with knee issues, is gonna earn about $74 million over the next two years. Like, I don't think Boston wanted to pay him that. So instead, they trade for Al Horford and Moses Brown. Horford is only guaranteed $41 million um, over the next two years. And Moses Brown um, is only, only has like $5 million on his contract left. So like, they traded Kemba for like two players that are like almost $20 million cheaper. Um, and then, you know, Al Horford, like he's probably not going to start, but he's not nearly as bad as, as I feel like people think he might, he is like after leaving Boston in 2019, he went to the Sixers. And if you remember, like he had to play next to Joel Embiid and that was just like a weird fit always. Like you can't have those two centers playing together. But when he played without Embiid on the Sixers, the Philly, they had a plus 4.4 net rating, or they were 4.4 points better than their opponents when it was just Horford on the floor. And then last season when he was playing with the thunder, it was plus 6.1. And then they were like, actually we're winning too much. So we're just going to rest you for the rest of the season. He was literally healthy. And they're like, no, you're not going to play anymore. And they just benched him for the entire season. So he basically is coming off a season and playing like, (laughs) you know, no games like he's going to be basically fully healthy and he's still an impactful player and he's probably not even going to be your starter and then Moses Brown is just another like flyer player that they took a chance on who actually in a game against the Celtics this year had 21 points and 23 rebounds and he also had a 24 point 18 rebound 7 block game against the Lakers oh okay, like he's just like like You never know with that guy, but I think the best thing that could come of this is Marcus Smart just being their starting point guard, which is something that I think could work because I don't think Kemba is, is really like that playmaking floor general point guard that everyone might think he, like he's more of a scoring point guard. That's always what he's been. And he's undersized. So now you have more size in your backcourt because it's now going to be Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, most likely. He can shoot. He's a good three-point shooter. And if you guys remember, like, assist percentage, something I brought up when I was mentioning, like, Jokic's MVP case, um, which is it's, it's essentially just the percentage of, his, um, of shots a player assisted on. Marcus Smart's was 23.6 and Kemba's was 23.8. So it really is, like, no different at all, like, between those two players. I feel like Boston, moving him to the one, it's really going to help their team, I feel like. But I don't know. I'm excited to see what Boston can do. I feel like the biggest thing now is just finding the right head coach. Yeah. Because they have have the talent. I think
1: think a good coach for Boston – You know, I actually think Chauncey Billups would be a great coach for Boston. I think Chauncey Billups would. He would bring out any kind of inner dog that Jason Tatum hasn't already released. You think so? I really do. I think because they call him Mr. Big Shot. And so far, Jason Tatum has been hitting some pretty big shots. So maybe he could take the throne of Mr. Big Shot.
2: I like that, Chauncey Billups. I can see that. I did hear um, – never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind.
0: Yep. What? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I guess – I mean, I guess that will wrap up our Celtics talk. Um. Now moving on to the playoffs or back to the playoffs. Two major bits of injury news were reported yesterday that will – inevitably have major implications on this year's Western Conference Finals. And we obviously know the, the conference finals in the West is Clippers-Suns. But um, Clipper star Kawhi Leonard, who missed the last two games of the Jazz Clippers series, is going to remain out for both, uh, both games one and two, so the games in Phoenix, in effort to rehab his injured knee. And then star point guard Chris Paul is going to miss game one, which is tonight. We're recording this on a Sunday um, because of COVID-19 protocols. So, obviously, both of those players are very crucial to what those teams do. But who do you guys think, like, whose absence is going to be more prevalent in the Western Conference Finals, Kawhi or CP3? I'll let you go first,
2: I think this this one depends on um, how long is Kawhi going to be out for? And if he comes back, is he going to be the same kind of player? Because honestly, I feel like the Clippers can steal game one, especially with um, Chris Paul out. They're going to need another crazy performance from a, a Terrence Mann or Reggie Jackson or, you know, all three of those players, but I I feel like if Kawhi can come back for game three when they're back in LA and they can win both of their home games, then the Clippers will win the series. So, again, it, it depends because obviously if the Suns win this game, um, the Chris Paul injury doesn't matter. So this game depends on it. And also, again, how long is Kawhi going to be out for
0: Do you think Justin?
2: I
1: think that the Kawhi injury hinders LA more. One because he's going to be out more games and it is an actual injury. So he's going to come back, he might like what Toby said, he might not be 100% himself. CP3 might not be either, but you know, it's it, to a lesser extent. But I also think that the Suns team without CP3 is better than the Clippers team without Kawhi. I think the Suns are more experienced, and they have, you know, they just have better players. Really? Surrounding.
0: You think I, they're I, more experienced?
1: I do think so. Yeah, I think I think they are. Because who, who do the Clippers? Have? Who do the Clippers have? They got they got Paul. I
0: mean, court. the Suns are like half their starting lineup. This is their first playoffs ever. Devin What's Booker,
1: Giannis, and They, they Bridges, that guy, James uh, Johnson, Jay Crowder. They got that guy, Jay Crowder. No, <laughs> but no, 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 um, no. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Clippers. The Clippers. They got Reggie Jackson, who I guess has been playing pretty okay since for the playoffs. They have Marcus Morris, and they have Pat Beverly, who he he's going to put up like ten points. Other than that scrubs it's basically scrubs terrence Mann had a had a nice game like whoopty do one nice game won't do it again luke Kennard thanks uh zubach okay now zubach is nice zubach is nice and then other than that like i can't even name anybody else on the team i really can't name anybody else on the team i just i don't know I think, I think the suns have it in the bag
0: well, I'm going to I, dis- I'm gonna have to disagree to with you. I'm going to have to disagree. I think Chris Paul's absence is going to be more apparent than Kawhi's absence. Mainly because the Clippers have already played two games without Kawhi. And they won both of those games. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like as I think Kawhi is like. definitely a better player than Chris Paul right now. But I feel like Chris Paul's impact is just harder to replace because, like, the Clippers have players, like, capable wings, like 3 and D wings, like, who can score, who can defend, like Kawhi. Obviously not at his level. But I don't think the Suns have anybody that can do what Chris Paul does, which is, like, essentially get into the heart of their defense – literally knock down every mid-range shot that he looks at, that he gets, make it easier for Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden to get open looks. Like just run their bro. I don't know. Yeah, but he's also, he, I don't know if he's really, I'm not saying he's bad, but he just doesn't do what Chris Paul does in the sense that he just takes the pressure off of the offense. It makes it easy.
1: Cameron Payne has – he's been playing pretty well in the playoffs, if I do say so myself.
2: Yeah, he has impressed me.
1: He's – I he's he's like playing – he's playing good basketball. He's not making a lot of mistakes. He's, you know, he he's controlling the flow of the offense. You know, he's doing – I thought he was
2: doing a pretty good job. But Clippers are going to win game one. And that's why I sort of feel like the Chris Paul injury will be more impactful. Because if they can if they can steal game one at home, or I mean a way, like in Phoenix, then I honestly feel like they can win the series if Kawhi comes back and he's, you know, still playing as as well as he has been.
0: Do you think if the if they split the first two games, you know, Clippers win one, Suns win one, do you think they would they would have, like, less of a sense of urgency to rush back Kawhi in games three and four rather than if they were down 2-0. You know what I mean? Because if you're down 2-0 and you lose game three, then the series is over. But if you're tied at 1-1, you can you can have, like, you have more, like, uh, more of a leeway to say, you know what, take one more game off. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know if I chance it because if he's ready to go, if he tells me I'm ready to go play me, I'm not – like, I'm playing him. Yeah. Even if he's like, I'm only 75%, but I'll play, I'm playing him. This is the conference finals. I don't got no time to chance it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Dude, Kawhi is, like, him. is the funniest guy, dude. Like, it's really – that guy is hilarious. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: I saw – well, I saw one thing. He was getting interviewed, uh, like, maybe, like, before or after a game. And they were asking him, like, what would it mean for the Clippers to get to the conference finals? He's like, I don't really care about a conference finals. I'm trying to win a championship. I was like, God. It's like, like, doesn't care about anything. And then
1: uh, – he, he was – Somebody
0: was, like, in the tunnel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, like, walking to – he's like – Kawhi, He's can like, I get an I got, autograph or can I, I get a picture? He's like, yeah, I got to go shoot around. Yeah. <laughs> Kawhi, dude. He's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, you no.
1: Know, uh, let me uh, – I, I got something to say about this uh, – about this the Suns and the Clippers. Look, I know L.A. just won back-to-back games against the best team in the league, but I've been trying to say – I've been trying to say – The Suns are a better team. The Suns have been a better team than the Jazz all season. I don't care. I've been saying it. This, even if both Kawhi and CP3 were healthy, this series is just going to be tougher in general for LA. So the fact that they're missing Kawhi is like, this is a different team. Even without CP3, this is a different team than the Jazz. So, I just – I don't know. if I do agree if L.A. wins tonight, I think they'll win the series. But I don't think they're going to win tonight. I don't think they're going to win even one game in Phoenix. I don't think they're going to win if it goes six, seven, however many games it goes. I don't think they win in Phoenix, if we're being honest.
2: You want to put some money on that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I agree. We can though. We can discuss the financials after.
1: I already have a I already have a bet with Jay Brown for the Hawks Sixers game tonight. On who? How about I tell you when we talk about it?
2: Okay. Okay. Why not? Why don't you tell me right now? Why don't you tell me right now?
0: Before (laughs) before we get to Sixers Hawks, I'll just say this one last thing about I feel like you're right though, Justin, is that I think the Jazz got exposed as a team that is like one dimensional. Like the Clippers basically just went small and played, you know, like Nick Batum at the five, basically. Yeah. yeah, And they had no answer for it. They were like, well, we're just going to stick to what we know, play Rudy Gobert, and he obviously, like, I mean, he's good at defending the rim, but, like, you can't have him running out trying to contest threes. Yeah. And they just – that's what happened. They lost two straight games, and they just didn't adjust. So, I think the Suns are probably going to be – Harder to do that against because they have players that can defend the Clippers' like small ball lineup.
1: Yeah, if they pull that move, Jay Crowder at the five, you're not doing nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean they have Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. They have a, like a, a a bunch of wings that can like the match up Arsenal.
2: But at the same time, I feel like I feel like the Suns don't have as many players that that. Like, the Jazz could just throw out there and they would just get buckets. Like, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, pretty sure he's scored, like, 17 straight at one point for the Jazz. Yeah. So, like, that's something that, at least defensively, they won't have to worry about this series, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Jazz, their offense is scary because, obviously, Donovan Mitchell. But then Bohan, that guy gets hot you know, he's going to do what he does. Joe Engels, he's a whapper. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, he's going to give you 15 at least off the bench. But yeah, I don't know. Besides Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, like the Suns have guys that can score, but it's like, you know, wide open three might make it, might not, might be able to take it to rack if it's wide open.
0: I think game one is gonna be super crucial for whoever yeah. series like this is gonna be huge because they're probably gonna be healthy the rest of the way. Well, maybe. I don't know if Kawhi is really gonna be healthy, but we'll see. All right. Uh lastly, Justin, you mentioned this Sixers Hawks game seven is tonight or this afternoon, I guess. It's in like four hours. I mean, what are your guys' predictions for this? Well, actually, no, it's tonight. The Clippers-Suns game is in four hours. Yeah, so I was right. The, the Hawks-Sixers is at eight o'clock. So it's Game Seven. I don't think anyone expected Atlanta to be in this position, a position to reach the conference finals, one game away from the conference finals. I don't think anyone expected that. But can the what what what's going to happen tonight? Can the Sixers are the Sixers going to handle business? Can the Hawks pull off the upset? What do you guys think?
1: My gut, my gut is telling me Ice Tray is going to end it in Philly tonight. But, but disclaimer, that being said, Philly's probably going to win in the blowout. Since I'm the one saying, I think my gut is telling me the Hawks are going to win. Philly's probably going to win. So take that with a green goal. Yeah,
2: Philly's winning this one. Uh, they're at home. Ice tray is going to give them some problems, and I think it's going to be a close game, but I just don't see Philly – like, they're going to be playing with a sense of urgency the entire time, I feel like, more than the Hawks, um, just because they we have more expectations for Philly to win. So when it comes to crunch time, I expect them to um, take care of the Hawks. Um, yeah, take this dub. And well, I also feel like – yeah. Um, even though I did
1: say Doc Rivers would be coach of the year, that guy is an all-time choker. That guy is an all-time. <laughs> choker. So,
0: you're no, so, right. You're right. He, he, I'm pretty sure there was like a, a stat that he has like five. Or, wait, let me. I, I think I know it was you, like. I think I
1: know what you're talking he, about.
0: Well, there was there was like one of blown leads. He has like three. Or like five of the, like the largest blown leads of the last two post seasons, yeah. but also, I'm pretty sure teams that were I think because teams that were up by at least 16 points in a playoff game were like 76 and three, and teams coached by Doc Rivers were like 11 and five. So like he literally has like more losses than every other team in the entire league combined.
1: <laughs> yeah, just
0: yeah. like crazy, but. I still feel like the Sixers are going to win. The Hawks already won two games in Philly. Like, if the if the Sixers lose three of their four home games in this series, I will be very shocked. Right. But I just feel like that this isn't – I feel like if the Sixers lose this game, dude, like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, they, they should not lose this game. Like, they really shouldn't. My,
1: gut, my gut is telling me, ice trade a gang. He's going to end it in Philly. But like I said – since I'm the Charles Barkley of our group, it's probably gonna be a blowout and Philly's probably gonna win.
2: Well, can we talk about this? If Philly wins, can they beat Milwaukee?
1: They can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they I will. think they can. I honestly think they
2: I think the Bucks will win, but I feel like Philly can win. You know what I mean?
1: it's If if it's Bucks Phillies or or Bucks Phillies, if it's Bucks Philly, that's gonna be a great series. I that's I hope that's another seven game series.
0: The thing is though, like I feel like the Bucks struggled against the Nets because they have Kevin Durant and he's just like the greatest scorer ever. Whereas like the Sixers are like barely winning games with like Seth Curry as our second best player. Like I feel like Drew Holiday sees that, and he's like, there's absolutely no way Seth Curry is putting up 20 points a game on me. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I think it's different, though, because Nets were just going, like, small pretty much with everybody besides KD. And this is, like, a different dynamic where Giannis is going to have – to. Giannis isn't going to be the biggest guy on the court. He's going to have to be guarding, you know, seven-foot whatever Embiid. And it's just going to be, like, a whole different challenge.
0: Well, I also feel like their perimeter defenders are going to be like it's going to be way easier on them because Ben Simmons takes like five shots a game and can't shoot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like it'll be an easier matchup. Obviously, Embiid is going to be an issue. He always is. But like everyone else,
1: Brooke Lopez uh, is going to shut down Embiid.
0: OK, I don't know about that, but I feel like it's just going to be an easier defensive series for the for the Bucks. They obviously, I think they're going to have a harder time on offense because you have Ben Simmons who can, defend, yeah, yeah. Who, can, who can defend. I, d- Giannis. I disagree, I disagree. Uh, Yo,
2: I completely really?
0: agree I because completely
2: agree I mean, the Bucs were struggling on offense versus the Nets.
0: Like, hey, well, then the, the Sixers, I mean, that the Sixers are just a better defensive team, though. Exactly, like, it would be exactly that's what I'm saying. So, it would, it's going to be a harder series for Milwaukee on offense. Then it is on defense. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Defensively pretty well. But offensively, they're going to probably struggle. But.
2: That's that's where I disagree, though. They're going to have a hard. They're going to have a harder time guarding the Sixers than they did the Nets.
0: Because the Nets, they
2: really just had to focus on KD and Harden shooting threes and like the rest of the guys were just missing shots everywhere. I don't see that happening with with the role players that the Sixers got.
1: Mm, I somewhat agree, but not really, because I feel like besides Embiid and Tobias Harris, Seth Curry is not putting up like tw- even close to twenty a game on any other team other than the Hawks. Like
2: they don't they don't need him to though. They just yeah, need him to. Uh, yeah, I know and right, I'm pretty sure he's shooting,
1: like, doing nothing Tobias Harris and I Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid are the only two
0: people that I would be worried about I think the Bucks. well again we'll see if the Hawks win I don't know the Hawks can win if the Hawks win then I don't know, that would just be crazy mm-hmm. but I feel like the but Bucks it. have to get to the finals at least get to the finals, let alone win. They should probably win, regardless of who comes out of the West. But
2: mm-hmm. if they don't
0: get to at least the finals, then this is a wasted season. And I feel like they should fire Mike Budenholzer. Yep. Yes. Because yes. Like yes. This They literally got through their matchup from mm-hmm. last year who gave them issues. They swept the heat. And then probably the best – I mean, obviously, they were injured and hampered, but, like, the Nets were probably the toughest team that they would have to face. So if they can't beat the Sixers or Hawks and then whoever comes out the West, this was a wasted season. I think this is definitely, like, the best opportunity Giannis will have to win a ring. Like, probably ever. In ever? That, I mean, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know, cause I, I can't think of any other. Like, next year, it's going to be tough. The Nets are going to be healthy, probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like this is his year.
1: I feel like when he – if he doesn't win anything in, on this contract in Milwaukee, obviously he's out of there. He's not staying. And I think when he leaves, he's going to go somewhere where he's – he like, it's no doubt that team is winning the championship year one. Yeah.
2: And I feel like if they play the – Healthy Clippers, like if the Clippers are healthy, and they have Kawhi, and they play them in the finals, be, I got the that'll Clippers be a series.
0: Great series, that'll be great. why versus Giannis again.
2: All these, I feel like no matter what series we see, it's gonna be a good series. Like, cause I mean, yeah, like all five teams left are like good teams. So like,
0: can you imagine like at the beginning of the year like telling someone like the last remaining teams are going to be the Bucks, Suns, Clippers, and whoever else and Hawks or Sixers like I don't think anyone would have said that yeah everyone would have had no. at least a lot of definitely not predicted that. and then the way the Jazz played all season probably somebody would have said the Jazz but like I don't know it's just like crazy especially the Suns like, like, like
2: I did not think the Suns were going to get this far so
1: I, Suns the also Suns, got a the lucky. Suns have literally been better than the Jazz since day one of the season.
0: They also got a little lucky, you know, with the Lakers getting hurt and the Nuggets being hurt. But yeah, that's, that's, that's how that's how it goes sometimes. That's you know, some it's it's generally you you can't it's always just crumble. You always exactly. got to have some. You always got to have some luck involved. That's that's generally how you get to the finals, but all right is that it is that any other uh any other things you guys want to mention this time next week we'll probably be like halfway through both the conference final series
2: yes sir we even next
0: closer week. to the nba finals if
2: also i think
0: one. also yeah. next week well actually on tuesday is the nba draft lottery we'll know the order of the draft on Tuesday and we'll be, we'll talk about that as well. We'll see who has the top, the top pick.
1: Okay, yeah, perfect. 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 All right. Let's see who see who the next are projected the draft.
0: Well, you won't have a lottery pick this year, right? No, you won't. Unfortunately. It's different. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Until next week. From myself, Jory Mickens, and my two co-hosts, Justin Sadovi and Chris Tobias, thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Full Court Report NBA show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FullCReport, on Instagram at The.FullCourt.Report. Like and comment on this video and subscribe so you never miss a minute of action.